everyone welcome back as mentioned before this is local bag your host for today and we just want to welcome you to no police radio you can hear us every other week discussing all things abolition from tuition to the prison industrial complex everything that has to go to make way for a free university all with an eye towards how we get free we feature conversations with guest organizers abolitionist scholars and people who have taken part in the university's radical history all with an eye towards how we get free. The following views presented in this hour do not reflect the views of KDVS, KDVS sponsors, or the University of California. And we just want to give a quick disclaimer slash, yeah, content disclaimer and content warning that we sometimes talk about really hard topics on this show from, I mean, when you're talking about police brutality, and the brutality of the systems around us, those can be hard topics and it might not be for everyone. Um, and yeah, especially today, we're going to be talking about broader topics of transphobia and violence against the trans community, our trans brothers and sisters. And I don't know, do you have anything else to add? Did I miss anything? Okay, I think we're good. Um, but yeah, so just want to start off. Um, and yeah, this is No Police Radio, and I'm here today with uh, with a co-host, actually. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Roger. Roger, and I am Local Bag. 
And we have some interesting things coming up for you this hour. To start off, um, we are going to be talking about the recent actions by Moms for Liberty, a national organization that we'll get into, um, and their threats against the Davis community and specifically the trans community here in Davis. So we'll be talking about that as well as um, some upcoming Uh, Let's see. We're going to be talking and just having like a general conversation with a community member on those topics. And afterwards, we're also going to have our Bad Cop Good Project segment that we always end with. This one is going to be a little extended. It's going to be an extended Bad Cop project. Um, We're going to be talking about the upcoming proposed prison expansion in, um, in Sacramento County. And I believe it's in downtown Sacramento, actually, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the proposed prison expansion. We're going to be talking about that. And yeah, so if those are things that sound interesting to you, some stuff you'd like to hear about, um, or even if you just want to stick around and hear what we have to say, we're going to be here until 6 p.m. here with you today. So without further ado, I think we're going to jump right into a music break, and then we are going to have our community member slash friend call in and we're gonna begin our discussion just very loosely and really excited for the show thanks for being here roger really excited Sometimes I try to do things and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. They're like, I try hard to do it and I like take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it never turns out. It's like, I need time to figure these things out. There's always someone there going, hey Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? talk about it, you'll feel a lot better. I go, no, it's okay, you know, I'll figure it out. Just leave me alone, I'll figure it out, you know, I'm just working on myself. They go, well, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'll be here, you know, and you'll probably feel a lot better if you talk about it. So why don't you talk about it? I go, no, I don't want to, I'm okay. I'll figure it out myself. And they just keep bugging me. They just keep bugging me. There's pills on the side. It's got to be a suicide, so come up, pray with my side. You will not have it. I was in my room and I was just like staring at the wall thinking about everything and then again I was thinking about nothing and then my mom came in and I didn't even know she was there she called my name and I didn't hear her and then she started screaming Mike, Mike and I go what, what's the matter she goes what's the matter with you I go there's nothing wrong mom she goes don't tell me that you're on drugs 
All right, that was institutionalized by suicidal tendencies. Whoops, there we go. I think you can hear me better. That was institutionalized by suicidal tendencies. And as promised, we are back. We are back with our friend and community member, Gloria. Gloria, can you hear us okay? Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Yes, perfect. All right, Roger, did you want to get us started for today? Yeah, I'll just start off with some background information because uh, the the listeners may not, not all the listeners may know about this group, Moms for Liberty. Um, so Mas- Moms for Liberty is a national organization, and they essentially astroturf policy on the school board and county level under the guise of being concerned parents. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center recently designated them as a hate group, um, some of the things their members have done, uh, they have quoted Hitler and they push for some very an- just transphobic policies on the school board level. Um, specifically in Davis, we'll be talking about the Yolo County chapter of Moms for Liberty. Uh, in November of 2021 is when they first formed the Yolo County chapter. Uh, they started off primarily with anti-vaccine and anti-mask rhetoric, spreading COVID-19 misinformation. Um, and they're having these meetings in Yolo County, but primarily West Sac and Woodland. It wasn't until January of 2023 that they had their first meeting in Davis. Um, and in late February, they had their first specifically anti-trans event at the local library, which uh, Davis residents will know as the Mary L. Stevens Public Library. 
Um, and then on May 21st, they held an event uh, specifically about, quote-unquote, curating uh, books with LGBTQ plus themes, um, heavily implying that the subject matter should be banned from public libraries and schools. And on June 4th, Davis Pride had its Davis Pride, and they failed to disrupt that event. They tried to hold up signs, but they were quickly escorted out. And then um, more recently, June 15th, they tried to back this uh, school board trustee, Emily McDonald in Woodland, who went on like a hate speech about transgender youth at a school board meeting. Um, but they failed to show up at that school board meeting like one Moms for Liberty member called in and the room was filled with like pro-trans supporters and stuff. So that was great. And then even more recently, as you all may have been hearing in the news, on August 20th at the Mary L. Stevens Davis Library, they tried to host an anti-trans, quote, forum on fair and safe sports for girls. Um, just pushing this anti uh, this transphobic rhetoric about trans women not being trans women and just just transphobic rhetoric that I'm not going to repeat right now. Um, and so it was canceled because uh, one of the speakers that was invited violated the library community guidelines uh, and was warned about this several times that they can't just misgender trans women. Um, but they continued to do that and the event was shut down. In the following days, Moms for Liberty and the other AstroTurf groups cried their crocodile crocodile tears on the internet in order to organize a harassment campaign they posted the phone number they posted the address of this library and what we're now dealing with is in davis um since this event there has been at least three bomb threats against the library um and at least one of these bomb threats it was confirmed that like the message had like specifically anti-lgbtq plus slurs um and that's where we're sort of going into this yeah, you know, kind of a brief, you know, brief and heavy air quotes history. There's a lot that can happen in the past couple of years. And, yeah. you know, since, I mean, this group formed in 2021, but it's only been like two years. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on. But what is our, I don't know, Gloria, what are what are your thoughts? Do you have anything else to add? Any community, I don't know, impacts on the community that we might have missed? Um. As far as I know, that mostly covers it, honestly. Um, yeah, just that they've really been showing up again um, as, like, as their group, or not even just as their group, but as individual members to different, like, board meetings. I heard recently that they were at a Human Relations Committee meeting, which is um, a committee that's part of Davis Council that is supposed to handle uh, everything in terms of social justice and human rights around Davis. And they've been trying to show up to those. And uh, a good thing at least is that it doesn't seem like the specifically Davis chapter is active anymore. So that's the good news in all of this. But um, yeah, a lot of community members have definitely not been happy about all the bomb threats that have been coming through, especially because it's caused a lot of like local schools to go into multiple lockdowns from this as well. Right. And yeah, um, yeah, just going right into it. I mean, 
Like we mentioned, Moms for Liberty really likes to portray themselves as being advocates for parents' rights and children's rights, um, supposedly speaking up for the protection of children, um, while also their members and supporters calling in active bomb threats that threaten the livelihoods of the schools and students that attend the schools surrounding the library in the area that they're threatening to bomb, which is really interesting. I think the, um, what's it called? I don't know. It's really, the dichotomy is like really present. So Yeah. And like on that note, sort of like a good question about that is if they're pretending to be concerned parents, you know, concerned over advocating quote unquote parental rights, like what are they truly advocating for when their supporters are sending in bomb threats? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as well, um, the <laughs> the leaders of Monster Liberty have also been um, known to be, uh, I guess, like, I guess in a sense, like very mistreating of their children, to put it lightly. Yeah, as well. Right, without mm-hmm. without naming any names. Um, yeah, it's just you know. Obviously, when these are, like, active members in our community as well, like, it's kind of, you know, there are people who are a part of their communities that have noticed harmful behavior of theirs against other community members, like, especially against children, which is really interesting to hear and to know. Um, But, yeah, but they also, I mean, having these campaigns at the library, one of them especially, um, you know, surrounding the quote unquote curation of LG of books with LGBTQ plus themes, um, you know, effectively calling for banning those um, books with those themes from these public library, the public libraries in Yellow County. Um, what effects could their campaign have for banning books? I mean, I guess we're just talking about the overall theme of book banning. I mean, I think, yeah, we all read for we all read for Fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. and our English class in high school, I feel like that's been like a multi-generational thing. Um, but apparently, I don't know, maybe some people just like didn't even read the Sparknotes version and or just like completely <laughs> forgot that lesson. But what effect does book banning have on a society? And yeah, what are some like long term repercussions that we could face from any type of book banning? I mean, you know, I don't always like to go this route, but since they typically like to call us Nazis, I will say (laughs) that, um, like, Nazis specifically tried to start with censoring and banning a lot of media that would uh, at least positively and accurately portray trans people and, Mm -hmm. you know, burned tons of literature about medical science at the time that would help with trans people. So Mm -hmm. I think it's um, definitely like a symptom of a really, really scary form of fascism that Mm -hmm. that is, you know, continuing to spread across the United States. And it's really, it is definitely very concerning that Moms for Liberty, a group like this that really cares about censoring, would be coming around to Davis, as well as also that it really seems like they want to erase um, trans and queer kids from the conversation again, and to make it so that these kids will not be able to grow up 
understanding themselves, even though we have just barely made progress for people to understand themselves younger than before. Yeah, definitely. And, like, especially since this, like, threat or this group is, like, something that we have to deal with in, like, our community, I guess the next question would be is, like, how can Davis residents, like, you know, community members like yourself sort of respond to, like, these violent bomb threats and transphobic groups in our community without, like, getting the police involved? So... I definitely am somebody that will always advocate for community defense. So I think what we need to do is actually show up when they show up and um, try to show them that we will not back down and we will not stand for them to try to come through and threaten kids and parents and make them feel unsafe to be who they are. And also make them think that they can somehow warm their way into doing stuff like these book bans that they tried in Davis. Yeah. Even so much as just uh, bullying them. <laughs> um, if you're not even the, I would say, the type or anything more than that is pretty effective, at least from my experience, to like really help them shut down and to feel humiliated in these situations. Yeah. I don't think those anti-bullying campaigns in school really took into account um, transphobic rhetoric on online. (laughs) Sometimes uh, when you're advocating for the erasure of an entire marginalized group, um, maybe you will be the subject of cyberbullying or bullying period. Especially when like, like uh, some of the like stuff they were doing on Twitter was specifically putting the number of the library. I know like... that's like active. Like, it, would that would that be a form of doxing, like in a way, or I mean, just like you know, it's, it's definitely it's harassment. calling for harassment. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like and yeah. like mm-hmm. not even for like something that was done wrong. Like the library literally did the bare minimum. Yeah, they just put their foot down and said, no, you can't misgender trans. They're like women. here, <laughs> yeah. They're like here are our community guidelines. <laughs> we warned you what would happen if you didn't follow them and they didn't follow them. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, proud of the, proud of the librarians. I don't know. Librarians are, are heroes, the holders and keepers of, um, of information and knowledge and community love. But yeah. Um, you know, without advocating for, for bullying, you know, take, take our words as you will. Um, you know, the views mm-hmm. presented in this hour are not the views of KDVS, uh, KDVS sponsors or the University of California. Imagine, imagine if they were, but, um, but yeah, but I really like just having these like open-ended conversations about what we as, because this is kind of just all of us just talking about, I mean, you know, sometimes you feel kind of hopeless and you're like, what can we do? Because these things keep happening and, you know, I think it's just important to show up for each other and in forms of care. So, yeah, and yeah. especially like Gloria, you mentioned about like just showing up to these meetings and being like, we're not going to take this. We're not going to listen to this transphobic rhetoric because like that's what we saw on like that Woodland School board meeting where like the community showed up and the community was like these these moms for liberties folks they don't speak for the community. You know, they're they're, the, they're these outliers like, you know, the community supports trans rights, supports trans youth, and 
we're not going to, like, you know, allow Moms for Liberty to just speak for the whole community like that. Absolutely. And I think, too, an important component is that, like, especially if you're, like, someone who is, like, a parent combating these people can really help a lot of queer kids in the community not feel alone in this. Especially because, like, essentially if nobody else shows up in opposition during a lot of pivotal points because they like to show up um, and hope that nobody really notices so that they can make these decisions in the background. Um, If nobody really, like, shows up to that, then they could potentially be making decisions that would really affect kids all over Yellow County. So we want to make sure that people know, like, no, this is not actually, like, reflective and that also kids would know that they're, you know, like, the community to feel unaccepted. For sure. Definitely. We keep us safe. And, like, especially since this is, like, something that's happening on the school board level, especially, like, it's important that we, like, advocate for each other and that we're here for each other right i think that people Mm -hmm. always i don't know people sometimes can forget that um i think queerness is just an inherent part of life here on earth um you know not only in nature and just like in other animal species but like obviously within the human species um queerness exists in all forms at all ages um, and it's not just about so many people just want to focus and make it about, you know, about sex, but like, it's just, it's about being, and it's about everything that makes you who you are and everything that kind of makes up your soul. So obviously mm-hmm. we don't get a soul at a certain age. Like we always have one. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just all of these, all of these different factors that kind of form our own humanity. And that is queerness and queer joy so starts at any age from the Mm. day you were born so whether people like it or not yeah like especially what you're saying about any age like Mm -hmm. one of like the moms for liberty argument is like parental rights and it's like what parental right to what like to like ignore your child's own like expression of their free will like that's not a right to like trample other people's rights yeah if you want to bring science into yeah. this, I mean, just the science of oppressing your children um, just increases their chance of, you know, suicidal thoughts and of just going down that that spiral that happens when you're told over and over again that you're not accepted for who you are. Yeah, I definitely can see in a lot of their rhetoric that a lot of what they want is just to have as much control Mm -hmm. over their kids outside the home as they can. So they don't want their kids to actually be exposed to knowing that there's other options that, you know, that you can, like, that it's normal for human beings to be queer and trans and, you know, various other types of ways of being. They don't want their kids to know that because they want absolute control And it is, like, really worrying that um, they're using a lot of these parental rights um, messaging for that reason. Because we really also don't want to enforce that 
parents should have as much control over their kids as possible. Right. No, very, very interesting indeed. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Like you were saying on the point of control specifically, like I think it's important, like, you know, this is no police radio, so I got to get a word in about the police Mm -hmm. is like when they're advocating for these, uh, they're, you know, advocating for like the erasure of trans people on the city council and the school board level. There's only one person that's going to be enforcing these and that's going to be the police. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The police are still in schools, unfortunately, in most schools. So. Um, but yeah, also really interesting. Also, I mean, trans people have always existed in many ways and shapes and forms. Um, queerness has always existed. Uh, there is really no way to deny that. Um, you know, there's really no way to deny that, but it's interesting that trans people have existed in legislature for only a specific amount of time. Um, like in, I guess, I don't know, like in terms of like anti-trans legislature, um, it wasn't something that was always like a public topic of conversation until pretty recently. Um, I mean, now what 20, I think like 20 or 22 states, that's like almost half of all states in the United States, like ban trans youth from sports of their, of their gender, of their chosen, well, of just like of their gender expression. And, um, that is just absolutely insane to me like these are children playing sports yeah yeah and even in california like uh two school boards in california Mm -hmm. orange county and la county have already Mm -hmm. uh made laws saying that uh teachers have to out like trans students to their parents yeah which is so scary and dangerous and just so scary i can't even begin to imagine how that must feel but yeah what is the yeah hmm. on that i definitely um i want to make it clear too to people that are listening that Mm. they talk about how they're concerned parents but what they want to do is to hurt queer children like the all of these measures that they want to be in place hurt queer children as much as they can because they only aim to control right and it's not only hurting queer children it's hurting all children honestly it's hurting everyone just like the patriarchy doesn't only hurt you know whatever i guess falls out of the patriarchy but it also hurts those who are you know like men who are within it um and it just it keeps people conforming and it keeps people suppressing their own form of expression however that might come out i mean obviously these children are looking at you know there's their peers who are being suppressed by these adult voices and like children are so like impressionable in the way that they're just impressionable in the way that like all they want to do is to please those around them because you know there's like that cycle of punishment and reward that's like pretty instilled in like the school system and at home and all of that so um Mm -hmm. but you know they see these specific children queer children in this case you know being punished for just existing um and not really doing anything out of the norm than what what they do themselves and it just it hurts all children in that sense where it keeps them from expressing themselves in any way that could be associated with queerness yeah especially because like what 
specifically like the policy that moms for liberty and groups like moms for liberty are pushing is like the policing of gender yeah like they're not just saying we need to think more about gender in these transphobic ways they're specifically Mm -hmm. calling for like administrative Mm -hmm. policies that if if you challenge it will eventually result in the police in some capacity yeah yeah or at least some kind of um carceral action like whether it's the expulsion of the child from the school or suspension or a parent-teacher conference which is also a form of like which is also like a carceral response too but um yeah that is just that is so scary to even think about but um i don't know did we want to just i think we can jump quickly into a little musical break just to give our our brains a little break and then we can jump back into this conversation because there's a lot of um meat and potatoes to eat i guess and to stew spicy meat and spicy meat and potatoes yes um but yeah okay we'll be right back um local bag and roger will be back with gloria in just a moment and for now we can listen to herb albert in the tijuana bass and hope you all enjoy Okay, since I haven't done this before, I essentially just get muted for a bit.
Okay, we are back. And yes, Gloria, you were muted for a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, uh, what song was that? Some song off of uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, um, their album, Whipped Cream and Other Delights. So yeah, that was one of their songs just to, I guess, start... I don't know. We can't even start on a lighter note. And also you were saying that we have some spicy meat and potato potatoes, but it's more like indigestion. Exactly. Like gassy. Yeah. Like maybe like, you know, someone put a little bit of like cream or half and half in the stew and you're lactose intolerant. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not nothing mm-hmm. that we it's just like it's one of those feelings. It's like, why do we have to be eating this meat and potatoes right now yeah. when there was a bomb threat called on? I don't know. I don't know how, I don't even know how to make that into like a metaphor, but why should we be having this conversation yeah. um, in the first place? Um, but yeah, you you said you had a question that you want to get us into? Yeah, because we were sort of talking about like the group Moms for Liberty, like, you know, sort of what their rhetoric is and like sort of like how a community can respond. But also like, I would like to focus also sort of on the police on this and like spe- specifically like... How do police and, like, carceral logic sort of fail communities in the response to these, like, transphobic groups and their attacks? So, like, how does, like, a carceral logic fail to address, like, this kind of transphobia? Yeah, so the thing is that the police, you can try to, like, call the police on them, but unless they've actually done something serious, um it's pretty unlikely that the police will do much of anything. Uh, And sometimes that police have been around, the police kind of just tolerate them. And they feel like, you know, they could be limiting on free speech or something like that if they try to stop these, this group from harassing people. But what they usually look they try to act like they have this air of decorum and that they're usually just concerned community members and feigning that to make them seem mm-hmm. pretty passive and as if they're just kind of complaining, even though they're actually advocating for a very specific... So, um, like, a response to policing is not really great in this situation. Um and what we should really be advocating for is, like we said before, the community showing up and showing these this group that um, this is not something that really reflects upon the community, and that they will that we will not be intimidated by their efforts to oppress uh, queer and trans children. Yeah. And, like, also, like, I would like to add a good quote from a famous abolitionist that I'm failing to remember who this quote is from. But, like, on the subject of, like, this one quote, um, prisons don't remove problems, they remove people. Mm -hmm. I would sort of like to think Mm -hmm. about that in sort of this sense where it's, like, even if, you know, like, they did do something horrible and they did, like, you know, they were, like, convicted of something and they were thrown in a prison would that solve anything because i don't think it would man you'd have to put like the entire well not even if you did put the entire there were there would always there's always going to be someone um and like you can't Mm -hmm. you can't imprison 
a school of thought. You can't imprison specific ideals um, held by like a large group of people. Um, like, yeah, you can imprison mm-hmm. the people and then there's going to be people to rally around the, pr- the person who was imprisoned. And like the, the, th- the reason why we're having this conversation is not to call on a carceral response to Moms for Liberty and these actions, but it's to call on a community response um, to, you know, stick with your neighbors and uphold your neighbors and keep each other safe. Um, but also just to start having these conversations in your daily life, um, even if they're hard. I mean, it's, it's easier to have these conversations with people that you have an established relationship with because then you're more willing to, to hear each other out and to listen to each other, even if, you know, you don't, even if it's gonna take a while to overcome these hurdles and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, if you have a transphobic neighbor that you've been borrowing sugar from for the past five years, maybe it's time to sit down with them and really talk things through and be like, well, I've been borrowing sugar from you, but my brownies aren't tasting that great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think it's just it's easier when it's already members in your immediate community and in your immediate presence who you're having these conversations with. Um, Rather than, you know, obviously, if I go up to a Moms for Liberty member and start, you know, it's it's going to feel like a direct attack um and you know it's not really going to be welcomed as a as a constructive conversation um whereas if it was coming from a member in their immediate community uh it would sound a little bit different and it would be taken a little different so yeah i don't know if i articulated that correctly yeah that was great and also just like mm-hmm. the community is so much more powerful like one person reporting mm-hmm. to a police officer in a carceral action doesn't solve anything but right. like we saw with mm-hmm. like woodland where like the whole room was filled with like community members saying no the community is not transphobic no we're not right. going to listen to this no the like the moms for liberty they were afraid to show up like yeah. one of them called in and that was it right yeah, so yeah, the same thing happened um, at that meeting you mentioned before where they were trying to do the quote unquote curation of books. Um, mm. There were a lot of community members that showed up there and kind of just tried to talk to them about it and really just show them like, hey, this is like not things that we actually want to approve. And that created like enough of a pushback, I think, that they stopped trying to identify as a Davis group because they realize that they will get so much pushback if they're in Davis that um, they will not really try to gather anymore if they feel like that's going to be the response every time. Yeah. Davis does not support Moms for Liberty. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't find it. Couldn't <laughs> find a, someone's living room to meet in anymore yeah they have to postpone the curated book club but, yeah i think yeah. for a while like in woodland they were meeting at the because like after they tried like disrupting the davis pride for a mm. while they stopped doing stuff in davis right lol so they were meeting in woodland again but then they thought they could go in davis but i feel like they probably will be staying out of davis for a while because the fbi the, is you, here now and well, they're like just, scared of that I, I don't think the general Davis community will think too fondly of Moms for Liberty when their, right. their, when their supporters children, are calling in bomb yeah, threats. on their children's schools. Yeah. Those are, like, the actual concerned parents. They're like, my child's school had a bomb threat called in. Um, but you were saying how 
you i mean i don't know have these people ever been in like a building that had a bomb threat called on them like it's really scary and it's really i mean both you and i were talking during the air break how that happened to us like in high school so it's not a fun experience i can tell you from my own experience yeah it's actually really pretty scary and anxiety inducing yeah because like some people might just blow over it and be like oh well a bomb didn't actually go off it was just a threat and it's like but not to the people that, that are, yeah. like, the, the, and also, like, think of the parents. I like, your, your child is going to school, or, like, your child is just like, oh, you know, I'll be back at home before dinner for my meat and potatoes. Yeah. Um, but I'll be at the library because I like reading. And then you see on the news or you get the alert that right. there's a bomb threat at the library. Like, this, it's, it, it's. I know. Yeah. And, like, if you're a kid, too, like experiencing those lockdowns are really not fun like i I still viscerally remember those lockdowns for sure yeah i feel like it's something that could be like really traumatizing for sure even if it doesn't come out that it's real yeah so i know even like the i don't know yeah we can just go into we can go down that whole rabbit hole like you know school shootings and all of that and school shooting drills and all anyways but yeah um Mm -hmm. tldr keep your community safe and protect the queer community and protect queer representation and queer joy protect trans youth protect trans youth absolutely Um, yes uh but yeah i don't know should we go is that is that all is that all for this for this this topic specifically i think so okay any final thoughts Um, (laughs) yeah i did also want to bring up that Mm -hmm. they um definitely have formed like connections with a lot of violent far right group like uh the proud boys who have had multiple chapters around um parts of you know yolo county like mm-hmm. in sacramento and in woodland and it's really important that we keep these kind of groups from continuing to gather and feel comfortable mm-hmm. because i mean proud boys have already showed up to davis and we really don't want hate groups like that in davis and have physically harmed Davis community members and Davis, uh-huh. like UC Davis community members specifically. Yeah. And so. like Moms for mm-hmm. Liberty isn't on the level of the Proud Boys, but there was like a city council meeting um, in Davis where like someone who was there with the Moms for Liberty like laid hands on and like lightly shoved like a, uh, like a teenager. What? That's so, so like, crazy. So yeah. it's very There's interesting. There's a video of it somewhere. I'm sure mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. That's what Next Door has to be about is like <laughs> there has to be a cop. I think there should definitely be a cop watch on Next Door. I think we could be utilizing Next Door for something so much greater yeah, than what just, it is. Yeah, like reporting like HOA violations. <laughs> it's like this grass is too long. I'm really upset about you that. You left your bins out for too long. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone, re- <laughs> someone reported my couch last year. I had a couch in front of my house. And yeah, anyways, had a whole ordeal with that. I think I've told that story a couple of times on here because it did involve the Davis Police Department. Oh, no. Um, oh god! <laughs> yeah, dangerous couch guys. Watch out for your couches. Apparently, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. In all in all seriousness, I think you know. I'm glad that we all had this conversation, and I'm sure many other conversations are happening around this same thing. Um, and it's a conversation that you should have with other community members if you're interested in it. Yes, like it's one of those things where it's 
it's important to talk about right if you're interested yeah and if you don't trust our information you can google it (laughs) you can look up davis news and the first thing that pops up will probably be this because that's the most recent news um yeah there is a davis in it go ahead yeah remember yeah Mm, yeah there were a couple very interesting i think a sacramento b article too but yeah no it is really important that you mentioned um that you mentioned the connection to other hate groups that do have a that also have had an active presence within the past year um in davis california so uh mm-hmm. everything is always connected but yeah i think that ends our conversation gloria thank you so much for um taking time out of your day to call in and have this conversation with us and um you know metaphorically sitting down with us and I don't know if you're actually sitting. <laughs> yeah, eating the, eating the meat and potatoes. eating the meat and potatoes. Hope you don't have indigestion yes. afterwards. Um, it was some <laughs> some pretty hard stuff to swallow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, thank you for having this conversation with us. Really excited. That yeah. Really thanks so much for bringing me on and allowing us to have a voice in this because I think it's important that the community knows more about this group. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you later. Yeah, see you. All right. I think that was success. That was very success successful. <laughs> yeah. I can't pronounce things. But yeah. Definitely yes. something to swallow and I think like especially not just us but like the community, like it's something the community mm-hmm. now has to deal with. It's not yeah. something that maybe happened it did it happen. It did happen <laughs> and it's going to con- and these are yeah, these are things that did happen and like yeah. I don't know. I hope I hope it gave some listeners something to think about, at least, um, if not something to act on. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the first step is, you know, giving them something, giving people something to think about. But I think we're going to jump right into some music before we come back for our Bad Cop Good Project segment. I think we have um, you have a second helping of meat and potatoes, <laughs> but this one, um, this one will hopefully taste a little bit better. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we have that, all of that and more coming up on No Police Radio here on KDVS 90.3 FM. And you're about to listen to Take and Take by Ceramic. Hope you'll enjoy. Thank you. 
here at KDVS, we're searching for a few public affairs hosts. Imagine being on the air talking with underrepresented peoples, or educating the public on pressing issues. In case you were wondering, anyone is eligible. Just contact us at publicaffairs at kdvs.org. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson, and I need your help. Our marijuana laws are terribly unfair, and they make criminals out of law-abiding citizens. Nearly 2,000 Americans are arrested every day on marijuana charges, and we are unfairly destroying the lives and careers of hundreds of thousands of people simply because they smoke marijuana. These are not criminals. They are average citizens like you, good neighbors who work hard, raise families, pay taxes, and contribute to their communities. And it's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. We need your help to end marijuana prohibition once and for all. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. All right, we are back here on No Police Radio, um, here on KDPS 90.3 FM. Thanks to everyone who has tuned in or has just tuned in or will tune in in the future. We're going to be here for another half hour, um, 32 minutes to be exact, uh, until 6 p.m. Um, and yeah, what we, the song that you just heard before all those messages was Take and Take by Ceramic. Um, for those of you who usually work Monday through Friday, you may notice that you're home today. Um, well, I hope you, well, I hope you are, but I know some people are still working. I saw like three Amazon trucks on the road today. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone gets Labor Day Not off. everyone gets Labor Day off. Some people, um, some people don't get Labor Day off. Um, but yeah, I would say happy Labor Day, but this is kind of like fake Labor Day. I mean, real Labor Day. May so 1st. May 1st, May Day. This is like, um, kind of like BS America Labor Day where they're like, we don't have to take part in international worker solidarity because that is too much of a strong message. We're going to make our own day in September yeah. 4th. And then like May Day became like Patriot Day or something weird during like the Red Scare. No way. That's they, like, crazy. They renamed it some weird thing. Very interesting. The more you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that song was about, well, you can guess, taking and taking, stealing your wages, you know. The aristocrats stealing your wages and those who own the means of production stealing your wages and your labor and your livelihood. Um, so always remember that you as the worker have the power to because your labor is the commodity that they're after. And you always have the, the power to wield it in any way you'd like. Um, so, yeah, unionize if you'd like. Start a strike if you'd like. Uh, mess some stuff up. Um, in the ni- in the <laughs> nicest way, uh, if you would like, if that's something that you think you'd be interested in, if um, it applies to you, if it applies to you, if you know, you know, if you know, you know exactly. Um, 
But we're going to get right into our Bad Cop Good Project segment. Um, for those of you who are new to No Police Radio, we basically talk about a bad cop story or a story uh, of bad news that relates to the carceral system um, or the police system in general. Um, usually, you know, nationwide um, in the specifically in the U.S. But and then we talk about a good project in our community that we want to highlight. Um, and yeah, we've got some great examples for y'all today. Um, Roger, do you want to get started on our uh, on our bad cop, our yeah. bad cop story? Um, it's this, your, oh, go ahead. Yeah, this bad cop, well, it's a bad prison. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, a bad jail expansion happening mm-hmm. in Sacramento. Um, so, essentially, some, like, background information about this is so um, on August 8th, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August 8th. Um, August 8th, essentially, um, the Sacramento County Board of Supervisors voted to approve an estimate of, like, somewhere around $650 million for, um, a new jail expansion, and they pulled out recently, they pulled a bond uh, essentially a loan, a bond of 900-something million, essentially a billion dollars mm-hmm. for this new jail expansion, which a billion dollars, that's a lot, and that makes, well, all prisons are bad, but a spe- specifically a $1 billion prison, especially I, when it's not necessary, a- extra bad. Also, I think, to put this into context, what exactly is the budget of Sacramento County, the overall fiscal budget? Yeah, their fiscal year is about $8.4 and so, like... So this is, like, one-eighth of the entire budget of Sac County. Yeah, and, like, also, that's the current fiscal budget, so it's, like, where right. are they getting that extra billion? Is it gonna come out of the police budget, or is it gonna nope. come out of every other, like, welfare? Exactly, yeah, because let's not address the problems that um, that put people in jail. Let's actually just expand the jail, because um, that's always... I guess the first response, but I think we're going to talk a little bit why about why that's the first response. Um, TLDR, spoiler alert, it makes someone a lot of money. Mm. But yeah, so which jail are they um, planning to expand? This is the one in downtown Sacramento, correct? Yeah, the Sac okay. County Jail. Sometimes it's referred to as like the tower. It, it looks sort of like an office building mm. because it's it's not like you know like a county jail where it looks like a prison. It's like in the city, so right. it just looks like a really tall building. Yeah. Right, so this is the Sac County Jail expansion that we are talking about um, here locally. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. And like the one of the ways like they're justifying it because like one of the people like some of the people that like you know are in the Sacramento kind of supervisors are like, oh well, we'll defund the place. Or I'm not like you know a big fan of the police, but the way they justify this is by meeting the May's consent decree. Which, if you don't know, the May's consent decree was uh, essentially there's a federal class action complaint that the Sacramento County jails were essentially failing to provide services or were just just really horrible prison, especially for people with disabilities or mental health issues. Um, And the city is specifically referencing a report by Noct and Lewis. A study mm. that they did. Well, the city commission knocked in Lewis to do this study, and knocked in Lewis unsurprisingly found, oh, you can't just reduce the jail population. The only way we can meet this decree is if we expand the jail. Right. 
So once again, just to sum it all up, um, the May's consent decree basically determined that the Sacramento County Jail um, was in violation of the um, the Americans for Disabilities Act um, because it didn't meet, obviously, basic needs that um, people need for survival and for their well-being. Um, so there is this uh, development is a development company, right? Not in Lewis. Uh, architectural, architectural, yeah. yeah. So architecture firm, not in Lewis, which has been um, a pivotal firm in developing specifically prisons in Northern California, I believe, since I'll come back to you on exactly since what day. But basically, um, this is their second time trying to expand to the Sacramento County Jail Prison, which shows you how long they've been um, they've been in this area and how long they've had their little tendrils in here but um yeah basically the sacramento um the sacramento county board basically said that not in lewis you guys cannot be a part of the construction of this prison expansion because it is a conflict of interest and obviously it's going to look really bad if you are a part of the construction um if you're a part of the construction uh how do i explain this better when when you're if you're being the construction firm and also providing the study that says what is the only course of action do we need a jail expansion no jail expansion right. and you're building it right exactly so yeah so basically they kind of just made this new you know the solution that they proposed obviously is that the only way to make sure that the Sac County Jail meets the May's consent decree is to expand the prison not reduce the population and not provide more mental health services but um just to expand the jail and provide more beds um basically they said they have to reduce the capacity by 1000 beds um well not in lewis did not say that but like basically from the conclusion of the May's consent decree um it was you know concluded that they had to the sac county jail had to reduce its number of beds by 1,000 or reduce the population by 1,000 in order to meet, not even to meet the decree, but like to kind of like as the first stepping stone. Yeah, just to not be like, all prisons are inhumane, but like an yeah. incredibly inhumane yeah. prison. <laughs> like Exactly. And on the earlier thing, like they're, even though like the, not in Lewis, they're not providing the literal construction for this, the city did... Um, commission them or contract do a contract with them in order for not and lewis to design the jail expansion so there is like a conflict of interest because you're asking the company that made a they have a blueprint for how to expand the prison and then you ask them do we need to expand the prison and they're like mm, i think so actually now that you ask and um, then the city council is well, like well our hands are tied the, the the people that have this convenient blueprint for expanding <laughs> the prison say the only way we can do it is to expand the prison and we're not going to listen to the community we're only going to listen to not in lewis exactly whoever those two people are um <laughs> yeah but yeah so basically uh yeah that's that's kind of what's going on in terms of the jail expansion um, right now, all that has been, I believe all that has been decided is just, um, uh, let's see, it's just like the estimate for how much it's going to cost, which is, it could be upwards of a billion dollars. Yeah. And they already pulled out like a bond for right, 950 exactly. million, which yeah. is like that is so a crazy. lot of money. That's a lot of money. And then um, yeah. also like what you're saying about like the other option, like what 
everyone like because like when they did when it got uh the jail expansion got mm-hmm. denied before yeah it was because the community was showing up and the community is like what are you talking about there's one obvious clear answer to this and that it's would reduce be... the jail population yeah especially because like if we look at the statistics like the sack jail 75 percent of the people at this county jail mm-hmm. haven't even been charged or right. sentenced so they're all 75 percent are pre-trial and also like a third of the monthly intake <sighs> Is the how is unhoused individuals? Yeah. So it's like, why spend a billion for a prison when you could like spend a hundred thousand for housing? No, literally, exactly. Um, there's just so many obvious reasons, but all of those reasons don't make two specific people a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and they don't make the Sac County Board of supervisors a lot of money and they so. don't make the like correctional officers more money no like. exactly exactly um but yeah i think i don't know that's really interesting i didn't know like the statistics about the current jail population um i also i also like like what is the difference between a prison and a jail like is this a jail or is this a prison it's a jail i I, it's a jail i forget the difference but i know Mm. that like the prisons is usually like state prison interesting okay well i throw around those words interchangeably so maybe i should be a little more careful i do remember there was a specific um case where like because the sac county jail was so bad Mm. that um someone who was facing charges was pleading to the da that um, they get two years of prison instead of, like, six months in county jail because they did not want to spend time in the Sac mm. County Jail anymore. They'd rather be in a state prison where the conditions are so-called nicer. Right, yeah. That is actually insane. So uh, we'll be, I mean, since we're here every other week, hopefully we'll come back with some updates on that. Yeah. Um, it's think... definitely a long-term thing. Like, it's only until, like, March of 2025, and they're going to be doing an approval of, like, the design. Oh, okay. So it's because, like, all they've done so far is funding, but which means there's plenty of time for folks to be like, hey, we, don't we like said this. we don't want this. Right, Please exactly. Stop. Please stop. Like, I don't want to pay more county taxes or something. And also, like, like, it's destroying, like, the county's future because it's like one eighth of the current budget. I know. Like the one eighth of the budget is gonna have to disappear and be committed to prison. <laughs> no, literally, exactly. To like a jail expansion. That is so that is so crazy. That's so much money. That's so much money out of the county budget. Like it's not even like the city of Sacramento. Yeah. It's like this county. That's and it's gonna cost more than it was expected because what they originally they approved an estimate of like Six hundred fifty. Yes, six hundred, and then it ended up being more, and then it was like it was like an extra four hundred thousand that they like missed in accounting somehow. It was like, oh, it actually cost four hundred thousand more, right? Exactly, or four hundred million more. Yeah. I keep forgetting these numbers are so I know, big. I'm they're so, so big. used to talking about four hundred thousand. I keep forgetting that it's like an extra four hundred million. It's like, oh, no, there's an extra zero in there. Yeah, exactly. my my brain cannot comprehend the amount of money that they're putting into this i know um i barely have four hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah uh maybe we can go for the next bad cop um bad cop story i think we can go a little bit further out um to the bay area so if you're a local to the bay area or northern california um maybe you'd like to tune in for this one or keep your ears, ears peeled <laughs> yeah 
So, like, this is another construction thing that's happening. Um, and, like, in the end, I'll sort of tie this back to Cop City because this is sort of, like, you know, yeah. all of these things where it's, like, these massive construction projects that take away community resources to build mm-hmm. more carceral exactly. institutions. More, yeah. But um, essentially on August 10th, like... It, it sort of happened out of the blue, like community that members. That was so crazy. Because, yeah. like, with like what we see, what we're seeing in SAC is like they started the process to procure funds in order to define a design. Like, what what's happening in the Bay Area is like they were like, oh, we're doing this groundbreaking ceremony. Like, all the construction has been pre-approved. We're gonna start building it right now. Right. <laughs> and so. It's, where did it all where did it all go how did it all happen yeah so the thing they're trying to build in the bay area specifically in san pablo city is they're calling it it's called the new police department headquarters and regional training center um people are referring to it as cop campus because essentially that's what it's going to be besides being um essentially a larger police department for san pablo city they already have a police department it's a bigger police department and they're adding on uh, a massive gun range and training facility to train, like, the police in urban warfare and, like, riot, Russian bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, like, one of the things that they're adding is, uh, like, a 20-lane gun range. Up, oh, right. I think it's just, it's another instance of... Well, I mean, yeah, tying it back to Cop City. I mean, it's just diverting funds that could be used for community resources. And, like, obviously this was done behind the community's back um, and in behind closed doors and didn't give the community any sort of input, which is, like, you know, if you want to talk about democracy, like, non, very non-democratic. Yeah. But, you know, whatever you think that term means. But It also costs, like, $42 million. Yeah, like a lot of money. Yeah, so... Is there anything else that you want to... I don't know a lot about that, so I feel like you come with all the information. Yeah, it's there. just... It's it's more similar to Cop City in the sense of, like, it's not, like... Because the SAC jail expansion, they're expanding the jail, which is bad, but, mm-hmm. like, this is specifically... They're training cops to be more brutal. Like, yeah. it's... You're adding an extended gun range and you're training courses on like urban warfare and stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. wh- 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 where are these cops going to end up if all you do is I know. have them spend hour after hour shooting mm-hmm. their gun? When I they know. go out on the streets, they're going to shoot their gun. Yeah. And it's on the side of the bay, like the same side of the bay as Oakland. So it's just not an ideal situation in a city that's already heavily policed. Yeah. Um, because you have a large population of, you know, people of color and specifically black people so yeah and that's another thing that we're gonna see is like since it's a bigger thing it's like a multi-regional training complex is what they're billing it as so it means like the oakland police other police and like (sighs) even like the antioch police will be training here which is especially bad because like they're so racist (laughs) yeah and also just because like so many uh people of color have been displaced out of sf and moving Mm -hmm. to antioch and like we've been seeing so many like racist police Mm -hmm. racist policing in antioch and like now these antioch cops get a like 20 lane gun range to like practice all their toys which which city was the one that had the police chief that was like smuggling drugs that was san jose okay yeah that was like they were like they were complaining about like all the fentanyl getting into the bay area the sf and it turned out the fentanyl in question yeah it was like oh this one person is supplying like i think it was close to like a third of the fentanyl oh my god like they were they were smuggling the like it's like oh i wonder where it's coming from and it's like Mm. oh it's coming from the police 
crazy. But as can be expected, unfortunately, um, wasn't really surprising. I mean, I feel like a lot of it's like we y'all don't remember the the crack epidemic. Like that's it kind of like a it's exactly kind of what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. And th- of course, like because there's all been all that fear mongering and specifically the Bay mm-hmm. Area about, about fentanyl, fentanyl mm-hmm. and also just people like shoplifting. They're like, oh, SF is falling to play pieces. And it's like, I grew it's up so in SF. Funny. It's fine. Yeah. And also like that rhetoric kills. Yeah, exactly. Like with Banco Brown, like bank. It wasn't a police officer, but it was private security yeah. with a firearm. And yeah. it's like if we're pushing this rhetoric mm-hmm. of like people on the street are all like these dangerous drug dealers hopped up on drugs and also they're just rampant crime everywhere and then you're giving the police a 20 lane gun range people are gonna pull the trigger on people that they deem as dangerous which will be people of color yeah um but yeah it's and that also that's like even down in la like when i watch you know when i go back home and i visit my family and we're watching kcal 9 news um it's all of these like videos of like the quote-unquote looting going around and like the group loot and i'm like it's just a bag like it's just <laughs> yeah. a purse like get over it no one is getting hurt and you see people like chasing chasing after and i'm like please it is just an item it is just an item um we, we don't need a 42 million dollar yeah. police complex yeah. and gun range yeah for exactly dollars of like shoplifted goods exactly yeah which is so crazy to me um also a little side side story but i think funny um in in the bay area i think it was in the bay area somewhere there was like a video of a seagull um going into a supermarket and taking a sandwich that was like in a plastic container nice. and when the seagull comes out you see this woman try to like get the sandwich from the <laughs> seagull and it's like let the seagull have the sandwich like what is anyways yeah. they're gonna put the they're gonna shoot the seagull, unfortunately. Yeah. But, Growing um, up in SF, like the seagulls, they 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 grab everything. Yeah, it's it's theirs, honestly. We're in their space. Mm. I mean, they were there first, so. Um, but yeah, I think we're just gonna jump uh, into some music real quick um, before coming back to talk about our good projects. We have multiple Ooh. good projects. So I'm so excited to hear about them. Um, but yeah, we're gonna jump right back into the music. Um, let's see. Maybe we can play this. Okay. We'll be right back.
All right. We are back here on No Police Radio. Uh, this is Local Bag, and I'm here with Roger, and we are here in the studio. And so we're going to end today's show with, uh, we just talked about our bad cop, and now we're going to be talking about our good project. We actually have two good projects. So um, I don't know. Do you, I'm going to queue up the next song. Do you want to talk about the first yeah. good project? So the first good project is, uh, it's called Running Down the Walls. Um, so since 1999, Running Down the Walls was and still is a non-competitive 5K, so you can run it, you can walk it um, across uh, North America that raises funds uh, for political prisoners. This year, many cities are hosting runs on s- s- September 17th. Uh, locally, uh, like the closest one in California to where we are, you know, talking from is the bay area is having theirs from 2 to 5 p.m on september 17th from the richmond bridge to san quentin prison if you would like to learn more you can go uh to their website uh https colon slash slash www.abcf.net slash blog slash running hyphen down hyphen the walls hyphen 2023 um, but yeah, it's being put on by the Anarchist Black Cross. So if you just search up Anarchist Black Cross Foundation, uh, running down the walls, you'll probably find it, find it quicker that way. And our second good project is, uh, Sacramento. They're having their first annual Anarchist Book Fair. Yay! It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. All the other cool cities got I them, know. Like LA, the Bay Area. Texas. Seattle, Portland. The whole city of Texas. I actually don't <laughs> know what city it was specifically in. Probably Austin. Probably Austin, yeah. But um, I am so excited for this. I am so grateful to the folks who are putting this together. Um, and I think it's going to be, well, I know it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. And it's going to be on November 5th. So... We got a long time to be promoting it here on No Police <laughs> Radio. We just, ha- we were so excited we had to bring it up now. I mean, it's the, the first one. I know. First one ever. You don't have to drive all the way to the bay. I know. <laughs> and um, very fittingly, it's going to be at Cafe Colonial in the Oak Park neighborhood. Um, I don't think you could have it at a better place. Yeah. Very pivotal. Great venue. Great venue. Very pivotal site in the DIY music scene. So we love them here at KDVS. And also, um, very important in the just like in the punk and anarchist scene. Yeah. Period. Speaking of them being a great venue after the anarchist book fair, they're having a rock against racism concert yeah! at eight PM. So it's like you could get some cool books, some cool zines yes. about like abolition, and then you get to listen to some amazing music. I know. Moms for Liberty not invited. <laughs> Invitation not extended. Um But, yeah, the book fair will be starting at 10 a.m. bright and early and ending around 6 p.m. And like Roger said, followed by a Rock Against Racism concert. Um, I am so excited. This is going to be a big fun block party type thing. And I'm uh, I'm so excited. And there's, yeah, good food spots around there, too. So I'm excited. Not far away. And also, Cafe Colonial has some good, like, vegetarian options, Interesting. Too. They got, I've... like, a good, like, whole menu. Yeah. Like... I feel like whenever I go to, like, a like a punk show, like, I'm never, like, let me get some food. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I that's, think... like, the nice thing about Cafe Colonial is, like, it's, like, oh, they got what, it. If, what if I just want a whole meal yeah, right now? I know. Now? Then you could get it. Um, but, yeah. 
I actually didn't even know about the Running Down the Walls 5K, and I haven't done a 5K in a long time. So I really want to do it. I got two weeks to train, but... <laughs> Um, well, it's, have... it's non-competitive, so I know. it'll probably so really So I could chill. walk it, probably, too. Yeah, because, like, those competitive 5Ks are scary. Because They're there's, scary. like, people, it's like, I've been trading for 10 years. I know. Like... I know. I just have, to, I have not ran in, like, a long time. So I think I just should maybe, like, jog a little bit at least and then go. But that's kind of, that's kind of the only thing I can do. But I, I, I'll walk it, too. But I, anything to be in the, any excuse to be in the Bay Area. Yeah. I love the Bay Area. Um, Yeah. And I think it's a great route, like from the Richmond Bridge to the San Quentin Prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and raising funds for political prisoners. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what better place to be? But I think that wraps up our show today here on No Police Radio. Um, and yeah, you're listening to No Police Radio here on KDVS 90.3 FM. And yeah, we got some awesome music coming up afterwards, uh, starting at six. I'm going to close off with a song by the Beatles. You know them, maybe. (laughs) If you don't know them, I don't know where you've been. But the song is called She's Leaving Home. And I hope you all enjoy. And have a great day. Peace out. Wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins. Silently closing her bedroom door Leaving the note that she hoped would say more She goes downstairs to the kitchen Clutching her handkerchief Quietly turning the back door key Stepping outside, she is free. She. We gave her most of our lives. Is leaving. Sacrificed most of our.